yo, yo, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome hey, back hey, hey. to the Brad and Avery Hour, episode 51. This is Brad Barco, and I'm Avery Lewis McDougal. Brad, I was in Toronto, and I heard it was snowing here this past few days. That's fortunate. Yeah, I woke up Saturday morning, and it was like January 1st all over again, <laughs> in, but in April. And it was a Mother Nature playing a trick on us, but now it's absolutely beautiful outside again. Um, so I hope we have a, uh, a great summer. Now, speaking of a great summer, there is only, and we're going to talk about this first because they're the only Canadian team left in any sport right now that's really meaningful, that being the Toronto Raptors. Yes. Um, no more Leafs. We'll get into that in a minute. But, of course, you, I got to give Raptors credit where it's due right now. That's why they're off the top of the show. Right now, they're down at home. It looks as though, I, I don't want to jinx anything, it looks as though it's going to be a 1-1 series heading back to Philly. Um, look, they, they looked pretty good last series to open it. I mean, they, Kawhi Leonard obviously came as advertised. We, we didn't see him in the, I, you know, I've watched him a little bit in the playoffs, not really closely, and now we got to see him up close and personal. Uh, he did some did some big things in the first round. Big things in game one against Philly. Uh, it looks as though Philly could have a hard time containing this guy. And if so, this this Raptors team could be poised for a deep run. They could be. And you know one thing too without a <clears throat> game with, with Kawhi was that he had to play 40 minutes. He did later on in that series against Orlando. Yeah. He wasn't playing 40 minutes. He's playing 30 minutes. 33 minutes. <clears throat> he's playing. He played that more now. As right now, I know right now the Sixers are up 76-65 in Game Two, and Kawhi with 26 points for the Raptors. Dream Butler with 18 to lead the Sixers. And you know, in Game One against Philadelphia, the Raptors easily were able to contain Joel Embiid. They held him to 16 points. Uh, ben Simmons couldn't do much. And you know, watching Ben Simmons, it's so weird because he's playing that point guard. Ford hybrid, he plays more point guard at six foot ten. Yeah. But the man cannot shoot. He's a slasher, but he he, he has to develop a shot eventually. He can't. He has to develop a shot of some sort. I think he's over twenty eight from the three point line in his career. As a point well, guard which hybrid. Is, which is brutal. Um, look, there's lots of power on both teams. You, you mentioned Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, of, of course. Uh, let's not forget the acquisition of Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. um, who you know is is a a great player in his own right. And of course, um, when, when you add, you know, you go up against a guy like Kawhi Leonard. Right. You go up against a Kyle Lowry. You go up against a Paca, or Pascal Siakam. I mean, really, you're matching firepower for firepower. And this is anybody serious. I, to me, Avery, and I, I'm not, you know, putting a downer on anything, I have this series going seven. That's how good this series is going to be. Of course, I have the Raptors prevailing. But I think the I think the 76ers could push them to to some limits that we haven't seen out of the Raptors in a very long time. I think so too. And you know Philadelphia, this is the team where you mentioned Embiid and Butler. You still have uh, JJ Redick, one of the best shooters Let's in the game forget, today. Yeah. You yeah. still have Tobias Harris, who against the Brooklyn Nets had a great series. He, he did, and really, uh, you know the the Brooklyn Nets uh, kind of look lost in that series to be to be honest. Uh, one for me surprise, just to step away from the series itself for a minute, the surprise for me was the Houston Rockets barely getting by the Utah Jazz. <laughs> barely. I mean, is there something up in Houston right now? You know what? That is still, you know what? Yes, you have Clint Capella, you have Eric Gordon, but that is still a team in which it's still very much run by what James Harden mm. does. This is a guy who came in and averaged over 30 points per game. One of the few guards to do that for a full season. And you know what? I, I like James Harden. I have the Rockets making it to the finals. Mm. But if he struggles, if he can't get it done in round two, then who boy. I think this is wide open conference that Houston falters. So do you have Raptors Rockets final then? I do ideally, yes. Mm. But in the Western Conference, you still cannot rule out the um, the Warriors. You can't rule out even the no, Den- even, no. even the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. You can't rule them out as yeah. well. Um, how much pressure right now is on the Toronto Raptors being quote unquote right now Canada's team? Mm-hmm. All eyes are on 
I don't care if you're a hockey fan. I don't care if you're a curling fan. I don't care what kind of fan are you. You are watching the Toronto Raptors right now because right now this is the only piece of Canada you have in any meaningful sport right now. I mean, Brad Guerrero Jr. is up there, and we'll get into that later on in the show, but the Toronto Raptors are going to make a run here. Now, how much pressure is on this team? Well, there's plenty because right now, what's your excuse right now? The fact that you're, once again, a top three team in the Eastern Conference. There's no more LeBron to go through. Yeah. Like, there's no LeBron, period, yeah. in the postseason because Lakers didn't make it. Yeah, exactly. So there's no yeah. in the finals. Yeah. So right now, you have to find a way to get it done. You have to at least you have to make it to the finals. If not, you have to make it at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. You can't fall again in round two. We talked about this last week briefly. What's it going to take for Kawhi to stay? Um, you know, is it is it going to be okay with an Eastern Conference Final? Is it is a championship or bust for Kawhi? I think East Finals will show him that this team is serious. But the main, you, you say it yourself. They make it to the finals. He definitely stays in Toronto. Even though the Clippers, I, I know he's a California boy. Yeah. Even though there's still rumors of him possibly wanting to go to L.A. next year, I think a title appearance really sways him over to staying in Toronto long-term, hopefully. Now, if Kawhi stays, let's say hypothetically, does he persuade a guy that's been a Raptors fan his whole life, grew up watching the Raptors, that being Kevin Durant? We heard rumors that he's already told his peers, he told some of his teammates, that he's on his way to be a Nick. And that's just rumors, of course. But is there a slim chance, a slim hope, that he can end up in Toronto and all of a sudden the Raptors create this, kind of like the Lakers, Kind of like the, the Golden State Warriors, a super team, but north of the border. Possibly, but I, my thing is that they both play the same position. They're both small forwards. They're right, yeah. Do you want to move Kawhi to be a power forward when you still have Surge? I don't know. That's the one thing I do, That's the one problem with having Kawhi and Kevin Durant. To me, it's either one or the other because they're, okay. they're the same kind of player mm. in the same position. You can't have both. I mean, you yeah. could try to move over Kawhi, but again, an issue with where does where Serge Ibaka go? That's the problem. So let's say the Raptors, we'll, we'll play two scenarios here quickly. Let's say the Raptors get eliminated in the East, East Final. They get knocked out. What do they do in the summer? Do they do they retool? Or is this a, let's say Kawhi leaves at that point. Is this a retooling to get back there? Or is this a, hey, our window's closed. Let's tear this down. If Kawhi leaves, then absolutely go balls to the wall. Go all in trying to get Kim Durant if he leaves. But if, if, if he stays, I think just, I think keep what you have right there. Try and maintain guys, a guy like Marcus Gasol. And I think next I, I completely agree with yeah. Marcus Gasol. He's a great player. He has been, you know, really his whole career, he's been quite the um, sustainable player. And then uh, coming over to Toronto was, I think, was a great trade. I mean, I like the owners Donald Tunis, but I think Marcus Gasol brings a whole new level, a, a new level to you know, the Raptors that we haven't seen in a long time. No, it's very true. This is a team where, no disrespect against anyone, like, a, of course, a Jonas or a Serge, but Gasol is the kind of guy, even though he's a little bit older, he is the kind of center that commands respect around the league as a whole. Yeah, well, he's a veteran too, right? Yeah. He's been around the league a long time. Um, he knows what to expect. He's played in those big moments. He's played in those big games. So, um, it's, I think you've got to try and keep this core together. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think, quite frankly, the guy that's going under the radar right now, you got to give Nick Nurse credit. Yeah. Nick Nurse has come in um, with the, you know, I'll call it a kind of a, a hostile situation with Dwayne Casey after winning Coach of the Year, getting fired, mm-hmm. all kind of in the same breath, and then being that guy to replace, not really knowing what to expect. He knew the team, of course. He had that familiarity. Absolutely, he did. But... To be all of a sudden thrusted in that role of, wait a second, this coach was fired. He's my, he was my predecessor, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden I'm taking this job. I think he's doing an incredible job. Him and Dwayne Casey are very, very different coaching styles. They're yes. not similar, which I think is good. But I, I kind of agree that the new voice has kind of been good for the Toronto Raptors. No, it has been. And, and again, we'll see what happens. If Nick Nurse can get the Raptors 
to the finals, why would you not want him to stick around longer? Why would you not want to lock him down to a mm. long-term extension mm. and see what more he can get out of this franchise in 2019-2020? Yeah, well, we'll see, and we'll keep you guys updated throughout the night on Game 2. Uh, currently, they were down by 12, correct? That's correct, yes, down points, by 12. Uh, with about 8 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, so we'll see if they can take a commanding 2-0 lead um, heading to Philly. I mean, it's not done yet, though, but right now, the Sixers have been in control. I saw earlier a tweet from Laura Ewing from the Canadian Press that the in the, in the first half, the Sixers out-rebounded Toronto 33-12. You can't have that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't have that. Um, okay, I want to move away, move away from... Um, sorry, from basketball, as we, you know, Raptors... Go Raptors again. We, uh, that's why I wanted to talk them off the top because they are right now Canada's only team. Let's talk about Canada's. Uh, no, we'll talk about the playoffs. Right, let's move NHL in postseason. to the NHL postseason. Um, wow, what a we ran into our boy Vic Michaels earlier uh, today having dinner. Mm-hmm. This is an ex- look Avery for the first time in a while. Not saying I was never excited for the playoffs. I'm not. I love the playoffs. I, I'm, I'm the guy to, you know. I'll stand up for teams. I, I love the playoffs regardless. I'll sit there and I'll watch them. It's yes. exciting hockey. But to me, seeing the new blood and the different blood in there, is that much more exciting. The Carolinas, the Islanders, the Columbus Blue Jackets, yep. the St. Louis Blue. The only team that's really been there and really been a mainstay for a few years now. Is of course the Boston Bruins. Well, San Jose. And oh, I'm sorry, in San Jose, mm-hmm. of course, eliminating Vegas to, to move on. Um, but even a young team, you look at a young team like um, Colorado with the Cal McCars mm-hmm. and the Nathan McKinnons. Like you look at Carolina in the 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 wily veteran in Justin Williams. Yeah. And all the young talent on that team, even without right now Peter Morazic. This team is still up 2-0. Now, you know, with Carolina, that was a team where I, I picked them to knock off you did, yeah. Washington. They did in seven. And that was a team where, if you remember game seven, they were down 2-zip early in game seven. They were. They battled back. It was a big hole. They didn't quit. And that is a, and you know what? Teams who have deep runs always find a way to come back, no matter who they're playing with. Even, unfortunately, much as it hurts to say it, San Jose, San Jose showed they have a lot more in them by coming back from being down 3-1 to Vegas and winning Game 7. They showed me that they're going to be a dangerous team to watch in that series against Colorado. See, I completely agree with you, but I think at the, uh, in the same breath here, this is a team on their last leg. You're going to lose a guy like Joe Thornton at the end of the year. Um, you know, Martin Jones has still shown his shaky side yeah. of things. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Brett Burns, Eric Carlson, obviously, we know is banged up and not 100%. Uh, Joe Pavelski, who knows what's that going to come out of that for the remainder of the series. I can't see back for the postseason. I can't um, see For the rest of the postseason, that's going to be, you know, ugly. Um, so, I just, I'm not counting the trucks out, but I don't think. I think Colorado, as this series goes on, their youth and their firepower is going to be, uh, it's going to prove too much. Well, you mentioned Colorado. We, uh, at dinner, we ran into former NHL Jason Strudwick. We ran into him yeah, for dinner as well, yeah. too. And he was praising the young, he was praising um, McCart and Sam Gerard as well, too. So I forgot about that. Sam Gerard, another uh, kind of a key piece in the in the trade, um, was it last season? In Nashville, the three-team trade. Um, and Sam Gerard has been a great, you know, mainstay on that back end. Again, Cal McCarr. Let's not forget Tyson Berry. Let's not forget, you know, that that's a young, talented team. It is. And, like I said, I think they're going to make a deep run. And another team, you want to talk about Canada's team right now? For me, Avery, it's the St. Louis Blues. 16 Canadians on this roster, three coaching staff, and let's not forget the mastermind behind it all, their GM, is also Canadian. Um, Doug Armstrong. Doug Armstrong, yes. I, what did I call him last week? Did I call him Doug Neil Wilson? Armstrong? Oh, Doug Wilson. So, <laughs> that's right. Um, so, look up for this team. You know, this is a team that's struggled for for years mm. to get over that hump. 
You add a guy with Patty Maroon who's got that playoff experience, a local boy. He seems to turn it on in the playoffs. Yeah. He's done well. Uh, Jaden Swartz has seemed to turn it on. Tarasenko's turned it on. Of course, I got to nod our boy Robbie Fabry for his first ever NHL playoff goal yeah. the other night. Uh, some incredible stuff. And, and let's not, let's look at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not a lot of people gave them a chance against Washington. No. They beat the Caps. Oh, no, sorry. Played against uh, sorry. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, that, yes. That, yes. Carolina, well, they played in Carolina. two series. Yeah, the Northern Capitals together. lost. Yeah. They, they lost <laughs> both Carolina and Columbus. Uh, yeah, sorry, Columbus knocked off Tampa Bay. Well, not just knocked them off, Avery. They them. swept them. So, anything is possible for this hockey team now. And uh, when, when you're playing now a Boston Bruins team, I, I, nobody, nobody gave them a chance. Nobody gave them an opportunity to play. This is their last hope, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Bobrovsky will be gone this offseason. We are presumably gone. Presumably Panarin's gone. They're going to lose Matt Duchesne, potentially. That's three key pieces they're going to lose. Yes, it is. This team will now have to go through a period of transition and a period of possibly youthness again. They're going to lose that firepower. So this may be the opportunity for the Columbus Blue Jackets to make that deep run. I think it has to be. And this is the year in which they won their first ever playoff series. This team has been in the league for 18 years. Long and just time. now won there. Actually, that makes me feel old. The Jackets have been yeah. around. Yeah. The Jackets were created in 97. and first four years old. And first played in 2000. I feel old knowing that the Blue Jackets as an entity have been around for over 20 years. It's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. I remember playing NHL, EA Sports, and when the Wild and the Jackets came in the game together. I remember. Um, that was amazing. Remember TV show NHL Cool Shots? Yeah, I remember that. I remember when Dan Moriarty went down to Columbus, Minnesota, to introduce them to the viewers. Back when that was a TV show. If you don't, if you don't remember, if you don't remember back in the day, it used to be magazine-style TV shows with profile NHL teams, yeah, NHL Cool I Shots. It doesn't. It, to me, that those kind of shows still should be a thing in sports. It's not as much. I know. I know baseball does sometimes with Jay with Jay's content, but there's not. We need more shows where you got a host going to different cities and profiling players and teams like they used to back in the day. Those <laughs> those are cool. Co- uh, shows sorry, I, I'm just pulling up the scores uh, for the hockey games tonight, just to kind of give you an update. I'm not trying to be rude here. Because right now we have Dallas and Nashville playing. Dallas St. Louis. Uh, no, sorry, Dallas St. Louis. Nashville's sorry. already golfing. Dallas they St. Golf, Louis. They golfed this morning. Dallas. <laughs> I told your boy PK Subban. He was golfing. Hey, PK, hey, he's a good dude, PK. Uh, 2-1 Blues currently with nine minutes to go in the third period. Uh, we have Jaden Swartz, Radulov scoring the power play to tie the game. And former Leaf, Leaf fans, you're going to cringe, Tyler Bozak has right now the leading goal uh, with a 2-1 lead. What, what year is this? 2012? Tyler Bozak? And a Radulov score in the same yeah, game. Yeah, isn't that something? That'd be 2012. Um, so, I mean, the play, like I said, the playoffs are fun. There, there's really no clear-cut winner right now. It's an even playing field. And look, I know I gave you a hard time throughout the year, but I love the Carolina Hurricanes. This is a young, powerful team. They, they make hockey fun again. Yes. With their celebrations. Brian Burke calls him a bunch of jerks. Well, Don Cherry did. Or, sorry, Don Cherry. Uh, didn't Brian... Oh, oh, Brian Burke stuck up for them. Well, Brian yeah. Burke said, well, he, he felt that, oh, no, he, Brian Burke was like, eh, it's all forced now. Why are you doing this? Yeah, it's right. immature. Brian, it's not for you. Shut up. Go back to your old Shut up. Home. Sit down. Sit down, Brian. They celebrate... Like, it's that's, nap time. Like that, the, that's what was meant for their fan base. They like it. If you don't, too bad. It's not for you. Look, this is a... We talked about this. Yeah. This is a team that couldn't drive, hypothetically, a thousand people to the game <laughs> in the regular season. Now, all of a sudden, they're having this hip hip array, you know, celebration after the game, and people are showing up. Mm-hmm. People are coming, seats are being full. Now, all of a sudden, it's damn near close to a sold out crowd in playoffs. Yeah. You're like, 2006 all over again. It's 
it's so dumb how people want to talk about certain teams and say, oh, they're struggling for attendance. But when they bring in the crowd, when they bring in the crowds in the ways that they don't like, they want it stopped. Which to me, like, you can't, you can't, not, you can't have it both ways. You can't complain about the crowds not being there, and then when the crowds come, complain about doing it the right way. You can't I, have it both ways. I'm I kind of relate it to life. You know, when you do something good mm-hmm. and nobody likes it, they try and drag you down because you're doing good. Well, Carolina Hurricanes are exactly that. Everybody tries to drag them down and shed light on it. Oh my God, it's terrible. Oh my God, it's bad. But yet they're doing something good and they're driving people to hockey. They're making that state love hockey again. It's absolutely amazing. It's great for the game. Yeah. Good on the Carolina Hurricanes. Good on Rob Brendamore. Although still shades in 2006, it makes me cringe. <laughs> but go Canes. Go. It's been 13 years, Brad. I know. It's been 13 years. I know. We've moved on. We've moved on, yes. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, I know our boy, I don't know if he's on here tonight, Daniel Sexton. He's a big uh, season ticket New York Islanders fan. Mm-hmm. He was at the game last night. He's going to love this. I want to bring up the Leafs for a minute, and I want to talk about John Tavares, Mike Babcock. I know I'm going there, guys. I'm going there. What in the world? Is wrong with the Leafs? And wait a sec, is John Tavares having nightmares? Well, with the Leafs. Woo! You know what? To, first of all, the, on the Leafs, you're in game seven. You're down more than one goal. What are you doing playing your fourth line late in game seven? That's on Mike what Babcock. What are you doing? That's 100% on Mike Babcock, and I, I, I bring this to you at this point. Is Mike Babcock on the hot seat? If you're Kyle Dubas, are you firing Mike Babcock? If not this offseason, next year is Babcock's last chance to get out of round one. Wow. It is his last chance. I know he signed a whole eight-year, $50 million deal, but what, at what point do you say, if you're a franchise that's making it, it's not good enough? We, have to, we can't keep hitting into this wall over and over and over again. You have to eventually win around. That Boston Wall is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. Because they can't seem to get over the Bruins, no matter what goalies. And I don't care if it's just or, or James Reimer or Freddie Anderson, they still can't get over that mm-hmm. wall. And for some reason, Fred, look, Freddie Anderson played his worst game in the playoffs, and he saved it for Game Seven. That's not a good sign either. Um, I'm going to oppose this now. What's their off-season blueprint look like? Because that window, Avery, for me, in my eyes, is rapidly closing due to the salary cap and due to some money. You know, I think a couple of guys who you may not see return. I think Ron Hainsey's gone. I think he's the guy who's gone from the release blue line. But I think someone who's, who you might, who's, it, for me, halfway, halfway staying halfway going is Alan Kadri. I know wow. Kadri's a name who you might not see back next see, year. See, for me, though, you look at the Leafs. Nazem Kadri's got a pretty favorable contract, though. That's a pretty cap-friendly deal. For me, I'm looking more towards the likes of... And Leaf fans aren't going to like this. And they've known this. Some of them have known this. Some of them have debated it. you got to look at the likes of Willie Nylander. you got to look at the likes of Mitch Marner. And you almost got to make a choice. Who's staying? Who's going? And and what's happening? Because there's not enough pieces of pie to feed all these guys. We're it's it's a new era game. There, it's just not happening. And you got to be kidding yourself if you think Mitch Burger is taking a hometown Maple Leafs discount. It is not happening. Avery, is it crazy? Is it wild? Is it nuts? To think Mitch Marner could demand upwards of $11 million a season. You know what? Before I, before I address that, Brad, I wasn't this about Mitch Marner. I was screaming from the rooftops. To be exact, the top of the staircase here at Halley's. One second. Uh-oh. What am I going to say? Uh-oh. Hey, Brad, hold this, Brad. Uh-oh. The top of the staircase right Uh-oh, there. Avery's coming. Oh, dear. On Mitch Marner, what your teams do? Oh, you God. Do on Only on the Brad and Avery Hour. Offer sheet, Mitch Marner. Offer sheet, Mitch Marner. And they scream it. Offer sheet him. Wow. Only on the Brad and Avery Hour.
do you see a man in salmon jacket run up the stairs and yell, Offer Sheet Mitch Marner? Yes. Now, let me ask you this. You're an Oilers new GM. Is that, is that option number one? Why not? Why not? Do we have shades of Kevin Lowe and Brian Burke going back and forth again? Fighting in a barn? Uh, fighting in a barn. <laughs> oh, my word. Hey, look, look. Just play, play devil's advocate here for a minute. If it's Kelly McCrimmon, mm-hmm. just for a minute, Kelly McCrimmon. Your first full-time GM job in the NHL. You've been an AGM great. First day on the job. You phone Dubas and say, hey, <laughs> I'm giving Mitchie $11 million a year. Your move, bucko. Quick. Why not? You know what? What I hear is that offer sheets are not, wow. Ill- offer sheets are not illegal. The fact that the GM say, oh, he should have done that. It's within wow. the rules. You can KD, do it. KD, it's a chess game, Kyle Dubas. You're on the clock, my my friend, because let me tell you, if the Edmonton Oilers grab Mitch Marner, does this Connor McDavid talk to the Leafs stop? Please, for the love of all things that are holy God, Connor McDavid is not leaving Edmonton. He committed to an eight-year deal. I don't care if you work with the Toronto Sun or the, you know, the Athletic or whatever. Connor McDavid is committed to the Oilers, and he will be committed for the next eight seasons in Edmonton. But picture this for me. Mitch Marner with Connor McDavid in Edmonton. Does that, change, does that change the dynamic of the Oilers? I think so. I think that shows that... First of all, if it's a new GM, if it's Kevin, if it's Kevin McCrimmon, or a Mark Hunter, or a Pat Verbeek, or a Bill Guerin, that shows that this team is finally saying, enough's enough. It's time for a change, to quote the late great Owen Hart. Ooh. Get me two round up here. Mitch Marner is the number 16 jersey waiting for you in that locker room. Hey, isn't that, for, isn't that retired for Jared Stoll? Oh. So I did. <laughs> uh, no, I, I thought that was uh, drug rehabilitation. <laughs> Watch it! <laughs> Shot fired. Jeez at, almighty. At um, you know what? I seen, speaking of that, I seen a Jared Stoll Edmonton Roadrunner jersey. That's rare. Courtesy of Uncle George at the Edmonton Oil King game last night. R- when did he get that? When did he get out? He won it at an auction years ago. Jeez, that's. Anyone, anyone, who rocks, Stoll. anyone who's rocking. Uh, Roadrunner jerseys, I applaud you. And there was some white stuff on the mound. I'm kidding. I won't go there. Jeez, almighty. You know I'm sorry, Jared. I was thinking Jared on the podcast butt. one day, so watch what this guy says. How about Yanni Ninema? I want Ninema on the podcast, too. You know, I, Yanni Ninema at the World Cup, true story, quick story, oh, World Cup of Hockey. I'm having lunch. Um, in, it's media day. I'm sitting down with Chris Johnson, Nick Kiprios, and eventually they get up. They got to go do their stuff, whatever. I'm sitting there. Guy beside me sits down. He's there. I turn. I turn the other. He work. He's working for. Um, I can't remember who it was. It was a Finnish. Finnish on sports channel. I see his media pass. Yanni Niedema. Like I go, sir. You Yanni Niedema? He goes, yeah. How you doing? I go, a group watching you. He's a reporter there for the World Cup. He's an analyst. The greatest number <laughs> forty-four to ever wear the copper and blue. Wow. What Sheldon Stewart? Chop liver? No, that's that. <laughs> screw that guy. Chris Pronger, screw that guy. Yanni Ninema, greatest 44. I you know there's been a lot of 44s in this town. A lot of 44s. Yeah. It's my favorite number. Oh, not, not before. Anyway, before. No, I got another favorite number, but I can't say it on air. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, speaking of numbers, Woo. numbers were called up. Numbers of young men who are now a, a part of the National Football League in the NFL draft. Did you get to watch it? I watched all seven rounds. All seven? I had them all recorded, fast-forwarded, all, recorded them all. See, all seven. I'm a dedicated football fan, I'll tell you this much. That is um, dedication right there. Did you at least watch the first round? I did, yes. For you, you know, we know your team is the Green Bay Packers. They made, uh, I, I think they made a way fantastic in this draft. Um, Rashad Gary, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. being one in the first round. A- excellent pick. There's some issues with his shoulder. I think everything will be okay come camp. Um, as we know, I'm a Broncos fan. Let me tell you, the Denver Broncos drafted incredibly well. And I'm not just saying this as a Broncos fan. They drafted incredibly. They made a trade with the Steelers to trade down to 20. They picked up arguably the best tight end in the draft. No offense. It'll be a big target for Joe Flacco this year. And then they picked up Joe Flacco's predecessor, Drew Locke, who slipped. Uh, some, that's a first-round talent there, Avery. I don't know about you. Drew Locke has some issues with his accuracy, issues potentially attitude-wise. I'm hoping Joe, or John Elway and the, and the brass can sort that out. But this guy is a first-round talent. He's incredible. I think he'll fill the reins once Flacco's gone. And, of course, um, they pick up Dalton Reisner. Now, I'm not going to get into the story. For those of you that didn't see it on NFL Network, they did a great feature on Dalton Reisner. Um, he won a um, Community Man of the Year award out of Kansas State. Just incredible. He's won it three years in a row. Um, incredible human being. And, and that's what John Elway wanted. John Elway wanted character. And just an incredible draft for the Broncos. But all in all, was there a surprise for you in round number one? I think we're all surprised to see uh, Daniel Joseph go to the Giants. I think that surprised Daniel a lot. Jones. Daniel yeah, Jones, sorry, yeah, Daniel Jones. Jones. And that surprised a lot of people. Yeah. It, it surprised um, rapper Joe Budden. Joe Budden, who is a <laughs> big Giants fan, he was watching, and Joe Budden posted on Instagram him. He literally had to sit down as when that pick came in for New York. <laughs> I didn't know he can stand up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, I, I guess I guess he's the predecessor for Eli Manning, but Giant fans didn't seem to enjoy that pick. Well, you know, you look, there was a toss-up because this guy is not ready. He's going to be ready probably in a year or two. Now, Dwayne Haskins, who fell to Washington 15, there was speculation that he was going to be that guy. Or the, or the other speculation was, why grab Daniel Jones early? You had the 17 pick. You could have easily got him in. Why take him at six? The Giants obviously were 100% sold on Daniel Jones. And, I mean, the pick is made. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I mentioned my Packers, too. The Green Bay got some help in secondary. I like the I, I like them picking Darnell Savage. That was a oh, great Oh, yeah, selection. they jumped back into yep. the first round against Exactly. Savage, I right. like that. This is a team where... The secondary for a long time has been shredded like cheese, shredded like Oscar Clubbaum's abs. Like it's been tough to see this team. Ever since Woodson left, really. What's that? Ever since Woodson left. Yeah, really. that's true. Ever since yeah. Charles Woodson yeah. left, that secondary has been torched all day long. Yeah. So to see him draft some help, because you know that's been all. All and also too, lost Haha Clinton Dix as well too. He's now gone as oh, well. Oh yes, he is gone. That's right. Um. What else? I'm trying to think. Kyler Murray, hey, congrats, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. First ever uh, player to go in the first round of both the MLB draft and the uh, NFL History. draft. Um, incredible story. Look, I get it. I get the pick. I get what Cliff, Cliff King's where he's trying to do here. But if you're Josh Rosen, who, by the way, got traded to Miami mm-hmm. because of Kyler Murray, are you... Upset? Are you excited? One, you get a new opportunity in Miami. Presume would be the starter because mm-hmm. there's nobody good enough. What Ryan Fitzpatrick? Not gonna do it. Tannehill's gone now. He's in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. He wasn't gonna sit behind Kyler Murray. To me, Kyler Murray was the number one guy. He's going to be the guy. What was your uh, your take on that? Well, were, were you you weren't obviously there was no surprise mm-hmm. that Murray went number one at least to me or to you. No, I know there was rumbling. Quentin Quinn Williams could have went there. Nick Bosa could have went there, um, but ultimately they took Murray. Now, would you prefer Murray over Rosen? You know what? It's interesting because I still feel Josh Rosen had a lot more upside because it was only one year, one year. Yeah. And I said, I don't hear boy, eleven touchdowns, forty-nine T's. I'll say this much though, his reads. We're slow of the pro. That's not a good thing. No, no. But going to Miami, I think if you're Josh Rosen, you take this. You know what? Okay, you you want me? To, you want Murray instead of me? Okay, I'll show you. I'll show you what to do. And you know what? Miami could be, and this could revitalize his career. I mean, revitalize only after one year, but this could be a <laughs> a good thing for him 
in Miami, but you know what? If you're Josh Rosen, you're living quarters for the past, for what, three years have gone from mm-hmm. LA, Arizona, Miami. I would not complain about that. Not a bad, no, not bad at all. <laughs> not but, bad at all. But Kyler Murray, though, I'm, I am glad to see Arizona not stick that stupid stigma of short quarterbacks can't play in the pros. Because mm. it's so dumb. There have been a lot of trash quarterbacks who've been six foot three and, six, and tall. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else for me? I, I was shocked. I don't know about you. Greedy Williams fell out of the first round. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought maybe Green Bay, that was their guy in the bottom of the first round. They took Savage instead. Williams slipped to uh, Cleveland. I mean, you talk about the Cleveland Browns now. Wow. Um, that's a team that's no longer the laughing stock of the NFL. No. With Odell Beckham Jr. there. Um, now, but... What was it? Oh, I lost my train here. Oh, uh, Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Bosa brother goes. Yes. In the top five. Um, second overall to the San Francisco Giants. That family is all in California. The 49ers. Now. Yeah. Sorry. 49ers. <laughs> You know what? He is a you no. Know, I, I have to admit, Bosa is a baller. He will be a stud on defense, linebacker. But Mick Bosa is the kind of guy where we saw before his tweets, his comments. Yeah. I think both realized nice to meet the NFL into a locker room that's 85% black, yeah. and he realized yeah. you know he better make amends right now before he goes into the NFL locker room with all these maga 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 comments. I thought even with. Uh... Because they do a they do a prime time interview with with uh, Sanders on on stage, mm-hmm. and um, even within that interview though Avery, I don't know if you've seen it. He was very high in himself, very high in the family, which hey I, I give it to you. You and Joey are great players. Your dad was a great player mm-hmm. when he played. Um, is this does this hurt you? going into a locker room where there's veterans of 13, 10 plus years and you're a rookie and you think that high of yourself? I wouldn't, I would say there's, there's a, I'd say you need to have a certain level of confidence, but you can't be, you can't to, you can be confident but not disrespectful. There's a fine line between going into the room and saying, you know, I'm great because if you come in and say, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, right. and you don't live to it, right. then you're going to get burned. And you and guys will look at you a certain way if you come in saying, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, 1, 2, 3, 4. Not everybody can be a Dion Sanders, where a Dion, no. before his first game, said he's going to return a kickoff for a touchdown as a Falcon, and did it. And he did. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Um. For you, what was I going to say here? There's a lot of debate. I'm going to end it with this. There's a lot of debate between the CFL and the NFL, and everybody loves the CFL. There's people that love the NFL and hate the CFL. There's people that love both. There's people that love the CFL and hate the NFL. To you, the, the people that hate one or the other, is there a way? I, I know me. I love both. You love both. Mm-hmm. How is there a way to love both? For those people that hate one or the other, tell them how to... How do you fall in love with both the CFL and the NFL at the same time? How do you fall in love with both? That is a truly a great question. How do you fall in love with both leagues? First of all, I would show them footage of what the CFL can be. I would show them footage of a team coming back from 15 points down with a minute to go. Mm-hmm. Because people need to people think the CFL is boring, need to realize. The CFL is a, league, is a truly aerodynamic league, really built on passing very, weight. Yeah, very much so. I've been to so many games in which it, it, it's, a cheesy, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cliche line, but nobody is safe in the CFL. Show them the fact that you've had teams coming back from 15 points down to win a ball game, which in the NFL doesn't happen with, with a minute left. It doesn't happen in the NFL. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. happen. But also, what I was able to show them too is the fact that we all have rivalries with history. I would show them right. the Labor Day rematch. Labor Day Classic. You could compare that on a level not maybe not uh, greater. That's like a holiday in Canada is the Labor Day Classic. Yeah, like you could you could I wouldn't say it's greater than we could put it near a level of 
Green Bay and Chicago, Edmonton, Calgary, and the CFL, yeah. and the Packers and Bears. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, now, people that love the CFL but hate the NFL, what would you tell them? People hate the CFL but love the NFL. For me, it's the extra down. Yeah. I, I love true. the extra down. Um, for me, look, for me, I'm not taking anything away from the CFL. I, like I said, I love the mm. CFL. I love it. I just think, for at times, the play is better. It's faster. It could, to some, it's slower. I think it's a little bit quicker. But the reason for me, Avery, that people don't like like the CFL over the NFL is the fame and the talent. Because you don't see an Aaron Rodgers or an Aaron Rodgers in the CFL. No, not necessarily. Right, or Tom Brady. And they're not, you got guys making, you know, six, eight, ten, twelve million dollars in the NFL where these guys in CFL made a second, third job just to pay a mortgage. Well, the highest paid <laughs> guy, I believe, in CFL is Mike Riley at about $800,000. Yeah, right, not even cracking a million. He's the highest paid guy in the league. But that's one thing that that's the one thing in the NFL. The NFL will always the NFL found a way to literally, as he said in concussion, own day of the week. The NFL owned Sunday. The NFL in the in the eighties and the nineties, when the thing is the both leagues they were similar. They were head to head, neck and neck, until the Canadian dollar fell in the hard nineties. Because right. people forget people forget. Rocket Ishmael left the NFL. Rocket Ishmael signed with the Argonauts. Before the draft in the 90s. Like, you would it's not, true. like, could you imagine today Kyler Murray signing a deal with the Eskimos instead of, instead of waiting for the NFL draft? No. No, I don't think, no. Like, no. that's how that's how tight these two leagues were 25, 30 years ago. A guy would say, now I'm going to go play in Canada because there's more money. Right. <laughs> uh, quick update. I'm just checking the scores on everything. Uh, St. Louis is up now 4 3 with a minute 9 to go in the third period. So it looks like St. Louis is going to take a 2-1 series lead over there. And the 76ers hold on 94-89 on the Raptors. Raptors made the game late, uh, came up short. It's now a 1-1 series going back to Philly. Well, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? I know, I know I'm in Toronto. I do ask you, what do you think of um, the debut of Mr. Vladimir Grow Jr. with the Blue Jays? Wow, that's all I can say. Um, this man is like a god. I've never seen so many eyes on one player, and I've never seen the Roger Center that full since Jose Batista backflip in the playoffs. Uh, it just, I've never recalled a, a rookie in baseball getting that much love from day one. Before his first at bat in the major leagues in a regular season game, he got a standing ovation before his first at bat. Look, I'm seeing people already bash the guy. Like, Oh, he's not good enough. He's not ready. He's not good enough. He's not ready. He's not good enough. He went one for four. Look, shut your mouth. Sit down. Try to hit a 94-mile-an-hour fastball. Not easy. This kid is 19 years old. 19. 19. Well, 20 now. Sorry, you just turned 20. <laughs> In the major leagues, 20 years old. He is still the best prospect in the game, and guess what? It's only a matter of weeks. I know he broke his hand, but Bo Bichette gets here too. I agree and with there's that. There's lots of excitement around this city. Yeah, and you, and you know what's funny? Watching that first game, seeing Vlad second at bat, you know what? Sportsnet fooled me. Sportsnet's camera guy fooled me. I think he fooled the entire nation when Vlad took Mike Freer's deep and to the warning tracks. The way they, the way the camera angle was done. Everybody thought it was gone. I was watching a game with a yeah. buddy in the Pine Toronto, and we and the play screamed. We all thought that was a homer from Vlad. He, he wouldn't. He'd be one of. He'd be the last MLB player to take Mike Fry's deep because everybody else has done it. <laughs> so I could not. I could not imagine that. Like the dome would have exploded if Vlad had a homer in his first. Oh, game. there would have been a parade. There would have been a plaque <laughs> for him already outside. He would have been the MLB Hall of Fame already. He would have been Cooperstown. Look, now, is this guy, you, you probably, you've seen him a little more closer than I am. Is this guy as advertised? I think so. 
I would say just, but the, the one thing that I think you'll see Vlad eventually do is slim down a little bit. I think he will slim I, down. I think he needs to a little bit. Yeah, I think he needs to. I think I think if I think he'll drop maybe maybe 15, 15 20 pounds to be become more um, to be a little bit lighter agile and, and a little more yeah. agile. But no, but I think Vlad he his glove is good. A, a guy his size I mentioned before, his glove is strong. His bat will develop even more because he's twenty years old. Yeah. And you know I'm playing four MLB games. Remember, baseball is a game where God. Oh. Yeah. Baseball is a game where you are still a lamb at twenty years old in major league. Um, let me ask you this then. How many games do you think until Vlad gets his first home run? How many? You will see Vlad Homer by his twelfth game in the major leagues. By his by his twelfth game you'll see a homer. Look, let me let me run you this. Vladimir Guerrero, junior and senior, you would believe, will make the trip to Anaheim. A place where Senior went into Cooperstown mm-hmm. as an angel. Yes, he did. How special would it be for Vlad Guerrero to dip one in the fountains in deep center field at Angel Stadium? Well, that would be incredible to see. That would be something else he'd manage to pull that off. Although, of course, you see Vlad. It's funny to see how Vlad Jr. and Vlad Senior, there are similarities, yet there are differences. Vlad Jr. wears batting gloves. Vlad Sr. didn't. Vlad Jr. is patient with what he swings at. Vlad yeah. Sr., the ball could have been over his head. He would still find a way to take it for a double. He's swinging at everything. Like, I've never seen a guy like Vlad Sr. swing at as much garbage. Like, and, and this is an insult, but he once swung at a pitch that bounced in front of him, and he golfed it for a double. That's right. What other guy? I remember is, that, yeah. What other guy would even consider swinging at a pitch that bounced in front of him? <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Sam. We'll end on this yeah. with the Blue Jays. How many years till the Jays win a World Series? Oof, how many years? That is. If everything goes with, right. With the talent coming, mm-hmm. Cal, Cal, Calvin Biggio, Bobachet, Sean Reed Foley. Should be, you know, polished. Flagler Jr. Let's say the Keith Sanchez, Keith Stroman, Roddy Tellez. Do you say five? If everything goes right, like it did in 15 and 16, then maybe in five to six years, they had a better shot at winning. Is it unrealistic to say three? I Is it unrealistic with this young team? To shock the world and say three years. I wouldn't say three for World Series. I'll say three for a playoff spot. I'll see. I'll say they'll win a playoff series in my year in three years. So I, mean, I I could see them either winning a wild card or an ALDS. Are we gonna see the Vladimir Guerrero effect being free agents want to come play in Toronto? Absolutely. Like the Connor McDavid effect here in Edmonton. Absolutely. If, Vlad, if Vladimir's coming out here in. Two to three years, he's bashing 35 to 40 home runs. Of course, you're gonna see Freedom's want to come to Toronto via Blue Jay. He will. Mm. And that that's what's happening? Oh, look who walks in, Vic Mr. Big Mike. Bare shoes, baby. <laughs> well, that's uh, sponsored uh, by Aldo. Aldo, now. yo, we did some. We Aldo, you see that? What was Free advertising. Last, what was Free last advertising? Week? A couple weeks ago, what did I show up with? Freshie. Freshie, yes. Freshie and Aldo. Freshie and Aldo, jump in. Get on the train. <laughs> Um, oh, speaking of what, sorry, we completely forgot about this. Of course, we always like to thank Howie's uh, Starlight Casino, um, Travel Gurus, Matchbob. Thank you guys for doing what you do week in and week out. 51. Um, Vic, you came in at a perfect time. We were just talking about Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's showing off his company. You should get that company. Uh, company sponsors the uh, the, the new <laughs> production crew we could be a sponsor of uh, said podcast <laughs> new tab productions there new sponsor go. coming next week um we're talking about black guerrero jr and the hype and how many years do you think till the jays win a world series with black guerrero in this town uh, oh geez that's a tough one uh, <laughs> well, how many how many years till uh till a playoff appearance yeah <laughs> i think three years from I, well, i'd say yeah, I don't know, four to five, and then 
realistically, World Series probably you're about five years out, yeah. I would say. Uh, you need a couple of years for these guys to develop. You need a couple of years for the uh, the prospects to come through the system completely and uh, a couple contracts to come off the books, and I think you should be good. Yeah, Anything else you want to cover before? Oh, I forgot to, forgot to mention this guy. Uh, Vic, what are your thoughts on Bray Wyatt being creepy Mr. Rogers? I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. <laughs> Uh, I know there's a lot of controversy behind it and whether or not they're going to move forward with it. I really hope they do because it's super creative. I think it fits his character awesome. And uh, yeah, I think it's in a world of, of you know PG, boring, WWE, it's a, it's a nice change, I think. I, it's a completely different side. Yeah. <laughs> I, think he, I, think, oh boy, why? I think it's a sign PG era is coming to an end. I hope so. It's been rumored that Fox wants it, uh, it's rumored that Fox wants it to end. Fox wants to get out of PG era, so I think this is the start of you seeing so do we more see mature it? content coming to the oh, oh. I like that. I like that. Alright, trivia. Um trivia, go ahead. Alright, let's do some trivia. So we'll do we'll do a Vlad Girl dream question. So you guys didn't answer last week's question. We'll do what some Vlad Girl Oh I got one. I, can I do this one? Go ahead, go ahead. Who what pitcher will make this kind of easy? What pitcher did Vlad Guerrero Jr. his first major league hit off of? Alright, we can do so that. There you go, you can answer that one. Uh, again, dinner for two right here at Howie's Club. The winner gets it. Make sure you tweet us, Facebook us, whatever. Um, be there. 9th? What's happening there? Oh, hey, we almost forgot. May 31st. 31st, sorry. May 31st. All of us Why will, did you get that wrong? That's close, that's close. All of us will be there. But if you haven't heard, Wheeling for Hope uh, right here at Howie's Club. We are getting, or trying to get myself, a brand new power wheelchair to help with the life and independence. We're also going to get back a brand new power wheelchair to Easter Seals, Alberta, mm. and donate to various charities uh, throughout the city. So May 31st, check out www.wheelieforhope.com for more details and ticket information. May 31st is a Friday, 6 p.m. Doors open. We'll see you guys there, but before that, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. For Avery Lewis McDougall, Vic Michaels, Vic, there we go, Vic Michaels, I'm Brad Barco. Look at him. See you next week. Later.